and welcome once again to the Trash Bin Kids podcast. We're your hosts, Damien Rivera and Jackie, a.k.a. the Tumble in the Bronx. <laughs> Join us every week as we pour over the media that warped our minds and molded us into the upstanding mutant citizens we are today. We'll pick up our old favorites, current obsessions, and all the glorious trash in between. Whoa! I really like my nickname this week. I feel like it should be a movie. Your name, that's going to be your nickname for It's going to be like a Jackie Chan kind of film. Mm-hmm. Just me tumbling through the Bronx. And when we say tumbling, it's just me falling everywhere. Ice patches, <laughs> low curbs, steps, <laughs> cutaways, like uh, sidewalk cutaways. Perfectly even. Exactly. Floors. <laughs> Razor scooter. This week's episode is going to be Lucy Goosey. It's going to be about collecting and collections and yeah. collectors. We're all, little, we're all little collectors at heart, aren't we? Sometimes. Some of us. I feel like everybody at some point has had a collection of something. It's true. Life, you know? It's a weird thing that we do as like human beings. I'm sort of like, I don't know if hoarding is the right term, but like something catches our eye, something appeals to us, and sets our hearts aflame and then we just have to have it yeah all of it blind on ourselves thing. yeah <laughs> it's, yeah i don't know that's a weird like trait i don't know if it's specific to humans because i think that like some birds do that too like they have to collect things but it is a very like i don't know it's a weird human thing that everybody has done at some point in their life even if it's something that they got out of like for me i wouldn't say i am a hardcore collector and we can like go through the definition of a collector and all that kind of stuff but i'd say like i do have a tendency to want to collect things but i do fall out of love with collections or i just feel like oh it's not worth it anymore yeah <laughs> for whatever reason yeah no, i understand that jackie i hear you have a definition for us i do i do have a definition well technically it's uh miss Merriam or mr Merriam's or whoever or they them Merriam mm-hmm. webster's um definition of collection and it's something collected especially an accumulation of objects gathered for study comparison or exhibition or as a hobby so it can be a hobby. That's it doesn't true. always have to some it doesn't always have to be something that stays like stagnant on a shelf or in a box or on a display. Cause that was something like when we were discussing doing this uh episode, I was like, Well, how do we define collection? Cause like I'm really big into plants, which we can talk more about later. Does that count as collecting? No. It does. It just <laughs> said it could be a hobby. Oh, that's yeah. The Webster said I think the act of collecting is a hobby is what they mean. Is this the act? I don't know. Well, we're going to discuss this further. Yeah. We're doing a deep dive. Woo. Not really a deep dive, but... It's as deep as we can get it. as the trash bin kids that we are. So, Damien. Yeah, hi. Hi, how you doing? I'm here. I'm in the building. You're here? We're here. Happy Where Lunar New been? Year. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy New Year. Happy Lunar New Year. Happy Groundhog's Day. All of that. It's the year of the tiger. <laughs> <laughs> or or goo. Great. Well, we don't want to get. I mean, I was gonna know. Where have we been? Doesn't matter, cause we're back, mm-hmm. and we're gonna talk about collections. So, Damien. Hi, it's me, your boy. Do you remember what your earliest little collection was? What did Baby <clears throat> Damien keep on his shelves, close to his heart? 
Probably the first thing that I ever had a collection of is probably Ninja Turtle figures. Always back to goes, the Ninja. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally all goes back to Ninja Turtles. Full circle, yeah. back to episode zero. It was a it was a problem. I had Ninja Turtles out the ass as a child. Yeah. When you say Ninja Turtles, like anything Ninja Turtles, or was it a specific thing? Was it just the toys? Was it? I mean, it was the action, books, comic yeah. books. Like what was? I it? mean, it was the action figures. Was like the one thing where it was like I have to have everything. Okay. Um, and my mom, I was spoiled rotten, so I got whatever I wanted <laughs> as a child. So my mom got me literally everything, any Ninja Turtle that I could have ever wanted, and like whatever playset. I probably had like every playset. <laughs> Sounds think, about right. I think that at one point, I mean, I could comfortably say that I probably had like every Ninja Turtle figure ever up to a certain up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like whenever the figures came out, like say like ninety to ninety one or ninety two. No, that's not that's not real because I was one year old. Maybe even once I was like between the ages of five and seven, I would say I had probably every figure that had been produced up to that point. But at this time, like when you were this age, did you sort of understand that what you were doing was collecting? Did you keep them in the box? Did you play with no, them? No, I didn't keep them in the box. I mean, I I, I mean, I took them out and played with them. I was a little kid. Yeah. Like a little kid doesn't really. I mean, things Understand. have changed. Things have changed now because people are fucking weird and like you know you have adults wanting to be like little baby children. So like now it's like the thing of don't take it out of the box, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. People being weirdos about it. But when I was a kid, I, I mean, I played with my toys. I was six, seven years old, mm-hmm. so everything was out of the box. But uh, I had a a carrying case for them. Oh wow! Did you take it have everywhere you, you went? Have you ever seen these? These ca- carrying cases, what they look like for the Ninja Turtle toys. Oh no, I kind of just pictured you with like a gigantic like briefcase. It looked like a and briefcase. And then you open, like you slam your briefcase like the little business boy you are. Mm. And then inside <clears throat> is just Ninja I was Turtle ready toys. for business. Turtle business. <laughs> it was essentially, yeah, it was a it was a suitcase looking thing. And you would open it and it had little plastic trays that ha- that was exactly uh, the silhouette of the Ninja Turtle. So like you could That's fit intense. each one. I forget the, the word is called, but it's like they sort of like Russian nesting dolled into one another. Ooh. So I probably still have that. It's probably somewhere in my attic. Yeah, the playset. I think the only thing I probably did not have was probably the um the Shell Razor van, which is their van. Oh, but, dang. but I had a lot. But I had the Technodrome playset, which was when I was a little kid, it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> it would open up. It had a little like torture chamber for the turtles. It had like a little jail. The top, which is an eyeball, like it would shoot off. It was, the it was perfect toy for children. It was fucking sick. <laughs> so Ninja Turtles was the first thing that I remember being like, it was a problem. I was like a little drug addict and I had to have every single turtle toy. <laughs> and every birthday was a turtle toy. Every Christmas was a turtle, multiple turtle toys. There was no end to it. It was So insane. nothing has changed since then. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, we do not buy Damien turtle toys. Turtle Although toys. I'm sure if I bought him a turtle toy, he wouldn't mind. Well, the only thing, the thing now, which I mean, everybody nostalgia is a hell of a drug so like they re-released all the this was a couple years ago but they re-released all the vintage toys mm-hmm. i think out of those i only bought one for nostalgia purposes and that was krang back in the day it was krang who looked like a disgusting brain and he was on he had the little mechanical wheelchair walker Ooh, thing yep. the only reason i bought it is because a couple months prior i had bought a krang uh was released from the new series where he's like in a exoskeleton show Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be cool to have like the juxtapositions of the two different Krangs. Oh. And he looks way less gross in the new series because they just make him like a little pink ball. You okay? You're spacing out? You're like, did you have a moment? Sorry, I just realized I don't know what my phone is. But that's, oh. that's... You want me to call it? No, it's okay. Sorry. 
My bad. Are, you... Are we back? Phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a phone emergency. Jackie's soul left her body. She had to look like she was witnessing the rapture. I just. I thought you had a brain brain aneurysm. I'm sorry. I just. I was trying to remember the last time I had my phone on my person. Yeah, then we had to do a little hunt, a little a little ten second Easter egg hunt. But we did it. It's we fine. Crashes averted. It. So yes. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Krang. Yeah. Wheelchairs. So I just those are the two figures. That's the only figure of the reissues that I had to buy, rebuy for nostalgia purposes was the Krang figure, both for nostalgia purposes and I think uh, from like a nerd point of view, which is how I think a lot of collectors are, where. It, to me, I thought it was interesting just the juxtaposition of like the first Krang toy that ever came out, or like the model, you know, whatever. It was a reissue, but that was the first uh, sculpt of Krang that ever came out, and then juxtaposing it with the whatever year it was, like 2015, 2016 uh, TMNT cartoon Krang, which is just him in like a full body, like almost like a skeleton kind of suit. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing with Collector 2 is like being fucking nerds about it. Like, I don't think anybody else would give a shit about. Oh, isn't it weird how like this Krang compares to this Krang? But I mean, there's a whole are. bunch of people who care. Yeah. <clears throat> My earliest memory collecting, I don't even think it's something that I started. Mm-hmm. Um, my earliest collection, I remember being my VHS tapes. Oh yeah. So it's like I wasn't really huge into toys at the time or anything like that. I didn't like dolls when I was a young kid either whatever that was about i mean i know what it's about but i don't like them um so my dad he liked movies so he wanted i guess to get me into movies Mm -hmm. and just every tuesday which is when you know the new movie would come out on vhs cassette tape he just like come home that was a set thing yeah it would come out on new releases came out on tuesday Mm -hmm. and i only know that because that became like a ritual with me and my dad (laughs) until like way into my high school years he used to even pick me up and this was, like, at this point, it was on DVD, but he'd pick me up on a Tuesday and, like, take me to Best Buy and we'd get whatever new movie came out. Yeah. So, I just remember my earliest memory of just, like, having all the Disney VHS tapes. And I was, like, a proud little nerd. Because, <laughs> honestly, when I was young, I'm an only child, so I entertained myself with movies all the time. Yeah. And so I was so proud of, like, my VHS tapes and... I remember one time I got punished for doing something. Who knows what the punishment was, but the VHS tapes were taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And that was a huge deal. Your world was shattered. My world was shattered. And then when I, they were finally returned, it was like I like returned <laughs> to my own body. Yeah. But remember I Remember what loved. the first movie was? That when you came, uh, when you got out of jail? When you got out of Oh, yes, I told you this story. Um, my dad had put all the movies in some kind of big box, like, and then he opened the box, and the first movie that was sitting right on the top was the Goofy movie, (laughs) which is a great fucking movie, don't laugh, it's amazing. That's good, it's just, that's that's such a Jackie story. I love that, I, I love that movie, and I think I have a, a special, like, a special connection to it to this day, because, like, after my punishment was over... That was like the first movie. It was just sitting right on the top. I put it in the v- the VCR. Yeah. And I watched it. And it's amazing. It has great music. If you don't love the Goofy movie, you're lame. Goofy movie's the shit. And yeah. So I think v- movies was my earliest form of collecting. or something my dad got me into. And I think it's kind of like a lost form. Because like now everything is streaming. Yeah. Um. So people seldom own. I mean, we used to collect it. And now we don't. Just because we, you know, it got overwhelming to have shelves and shelves of of vhs tapes and then dvds so we just kind of stopped because everything's digital now but i loved the cassette tapes i remember oh wait sorry sidetrack vcrs 
cassette tapes. They came in those little plastic um, boxes that you sort of open like a book. Especially kids' movies came in those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember my dad bought me Indian in the Cupboard. Remember that movie? Oh, nice, yeah. And I remember that box was so different and so amazing, and people don't do anything like this anymore because... If you've seen the movie, The Indian in the Cupboard, you know that there's a key in a cupboard and you open it up and it makes the little guys come to life. So this box was so cool because, first of all, it wasn't white. The base box wasn't white. It was gold. Kind of like to mimic the like brownish golden hues of the box. And right in the slit area where you would open up the the case to get the uh, cassette out, there was like a keyhole. Yeah. And you got a key with the movie. And you also got the little Indian guy. That's awesome, man. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. That's and cool. we don't do that anymore. And it's so sad. Yeah. There's a certain level of like kind of interactivity and like just something different. It's just a weird little detail. Yeah, like which, which is awesome. Fucking, um, also, art just for listen, you don't want to get, you don't want to get canceled. What? It's an indigenous person in the cupboard. So just watch your ass. Oh, God. Watch Damn. your ass. Okay. Keep it in check. It, Keep the language in check. Oh boy, here we are. So yeah, movies were were my first collection. Yeah, I guess your your story it's pure like of the time as well. Like you know, depending on what you collect, it definitely is a time capsule as well. Because you know, trends come and go. Um, so that's one thing that I kind of like. I think is 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 important because I think a lot of time collecting does sort of uh, it's like a snapshot of where you are in your life at that particular point. I think that's true. You know, and it was weird because recently we've gone to the archive twice now, but the first time we went, um, we went downstairs to the section where they have all their VHS tapes, and it was just so weird to be around them and to 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 like you know touch the cases and look at the art that they put on the boxes, and then I found like a VHS. Just tape of Willow, yeah, and, you had a and I got like a little bit emotional. So I really love out. that movie. You have to carry you out, and I was sad because I was like, "You went to church." <laughs> I was sad because like a part of me wanted wanted it because it did bring up that feeling in me, that nostalgia of the time, and like where I was when I first watched it, blah blah blah. Mm. But I was like, I don't have a purpose. You know, other than like, yeah, it could sit on my shelf forever. Yeah, but collection. But I don't have yeah. a VCR. I don't. Like that's that? why I struggle with collections. I, mean, I guess we can get into this topic now. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned at the top half of the episode that like I fall in and out of collections for whatever the reason. And there's different reasons every time. But I think one of the things I struggle with is like, okay, I lack space in my current home situation. So what is going to warrant me like making space for this thing, this collection? Um, and I just sometimes... I want it to be functional. Mm. And so for me, like at that moment, I wanted the VHS tape, but I knew that I was just going to collect dust on a shelf. And for me, that's like, I can't do that. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. And maybe in the future that might change. And like, who knows? I'll buy like some old VHS. Sorry. Oh, God. VCR. Because that's what plays the. I'll buy an old VCR from someone off eBay, and I'll get back into collecting VHS tapes for the nostalgia of it, or, or even for like the money of it, because that's a big factor in collecting is money for some people. Um, Those people, but that's right it. now that's not yeah. my situation. People, I've, I've gotten way more privy to like people collecting just to flip things. 
and like well, resell. Well, then wouldn't it even be a part of a collecting then? Because if you're buying something for its retail value in the future, does that mean that it is part of your collection? It's something that you are passionate about and that you love, or I'm, do you just see it as like a money making thing, like like somebody who would own a store? I mean, it's like, like you buy stuff for your store. Yeah, doesn't mean you're collecting it because you want to sell it. I mean, it's fifty fifty. There's you know. You know, as Scarface taught us, don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> so um, there's people that like, well, what what gave you the knowledge to be able to know what things are worth or how much you can get for certain things? You were probably a collector beforehand. A lot of people that like, <clears throat> excuse me, that flip, say like comic books, ha- have been at some point comic, comic book collectors, trading card collectors, whatever, VHS collectors. That's true. And like that gives them the experience to like know what things are worth, what people will pay for certain things, what conditions are acceptable or unacceptable. I think I've never collected anything up until this point, always thinking of the value. Yeah, me neither. Um, There was a brief period where I was really into Funko Pops, which we can talk about a little bit more in depth later. Mm-hmm. And I almost got into that. I almost fell victim, I guess, to the Funko Pop craze where I had this app on my phone and you could like input the pop into the app and it would tell you like what the value of it is now. Yeah. And then I was like, I kind of got high on that because I didn't have any intention on selling them. But then, I don't know, seeing that number and being like, oh, well, I bought this for 10 bucks and now it's worth 40 That's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, well, what if I don't have the attention span or the, <laughs> or the, the, I don't have like the need or want to do that. But I mean, people that do that kind of stuff, they're generally like weirdos and reprobates and near do well. What, collect Funko Pops? Or... <laughs> yeah, that as well. No, like anybody that like is a flipper or is like collecting just to sell a lot of the people are very strange yeah i mean so it's a straight i don't know we're also speaking from you know the outside we don't know i mean you can make a lot of money i know somebody i know somebody that like they started selling comic books and sort of dealing in that world and like they're cleaning the house now yeah but it's something comic book reselling comic books seems really stressful because it's like the shit can change so drastically so quickly same could be said for anything and then yeah i guess and then it depends like okay now the new moon knight show is coming out so now moon night is going to go through the fucking roof so now everybody's like scrambling to find moon night. it is very like it is very much like the stock market where it's like like falsely in, inflated or whatever yeah. you know it's like what you're explaining to me it's just only worth what people are willing to pay for it right so it's like you know whatever gardens of the galaxy six comes out mm-hmm. oh there we go people are going to be scrambling for like Guardians of the galaxy books or whatever that's true but speaking of comic books because you brought it up mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself a big comic book collector? I think I was heavy in the game at one point. <laughs> heavy. <laughs> I was, um, I got into comic books pretty early as well. <clears throat> would, Probably. would it be like right around the time of the Ninja Turtles well, phase or after? I would say it's maybe kind of like concurrent because I was reading comic books around the same age I was collecting Ninja Turtles, but it was more like I just liked the comic books. I was I was kind of just reading them because I liked the artwork. The stories were cool. I was an artistic little kid. I liked drawing. I liked artwork, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I was collecting them to collect. I wasn't really like, you know. It was, you, it was about the story. Yeah, it was more like, story. oh, I like reading it. This thing is cool. And it wasn't until I got a little older that I started collecting comic books a little more seriously in terms of. I had rules for myself. Like, I never bought a trade. I was super against buying trades. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> because I wanted that. I wanted... I don't even know how you would say it, but... I... I <clears throat> excuse me. I got to take a sip of iced coffee. My throat's getting a little parched. I mean, I'm not, it's been a while since I podcasted. 
I'm just it's so sorry. loud in the ears, bro. Sorry. I just, sorry. Listen, okay. I'm a man. I'm a normal human being. Okay. So You never bought trades? I, I would not buy trades because I saw it kind of I was like a purist in terms of I wanted to experience the physical media. And I didn't think about this at the time. I was just like it feels weird buying trades. But now that I look back on it, I wanted to experience the physical media in the in the way that the creators like kind of uh, intended it to be sort of like handled and read and find that there's something it has completely gone away now like you mentioned streaming that kind of stuff we have stuff like spotify comiXology things like that mm-hmm. where people are used to like instant gratification you get it now you get it when you want it but there was something special about oh wow i read this issue and then you bag it you board it you put it in a little box your little secret cave of wonders. I mean, that's like specific for collectors. That whole like interaction of like you read it, you bag it, yeah, you put it in the box. But but then it was like, oh, now okay, I have to wait a month that to find out crazy. what happens. But I don't know. There was something about it. It was like, <laughs> no, I understand. You know. I understand what you're talking about because I'm the same way for other things. But just particularly because we're talking about comic books and collecting. Like for me, I never saw comics as a, a form. Or any, even books. Like, I've never mm-hmm. seen them as, like, oh, I'm collecting this because it's something that I'm experiencing. It's a story to me, and that's what it is. It's not so much like, oh, this holds value or I'm trying to complete a set or anything or or protect it or whatever. It was like, oh, I just mm-hmm. want to get to the next part of the story. So for me, when you said, oh, I never used to buy trades, I was like, no, I'm all about trades. Like, to read a single-issue comic book in seconds because yeah. it's so fast, you know, it's so quick. But I, I, yeah. I'm just like, no, I need to know. So I'd rather wait, like, the months it takes for a trade to come out yeah. and not experience the story and be, like, on that cliffhanger for such a long time. Yeah. I mean, I buy trades now just because it's easier. I don't, I don't really collect comic books anymore i mean i have a huge comic book collection still of stuff that i like love and again it is sort of a time capsule for me because i can like look through it and be like oh yeah i was around this age i was going through this thing in my life or like just to reflect on well what was it about this particular thing that caught my attention at the time yeah that to me is sort of i don't i mean i don't know i'm I'm weirdly sentimental with certain things so like he's a sentimental boy that's me your boy your sentimental boy i cry (laughs) but um yeah, so comics, you know, that was a big thing for me. The first unknowingly collected comics for a long time as a kid, kind of just amassing them because I liked them or, you know, they weren't really anything special. But I think the, the one comic that made me a collector was uh, New X-Men. From, oh, I love uh, X-Men. Yeah, from... Uh, but I would never... <laughs> never bring it up on this podcast. I never bring it up on this podcast. <laughs> and I would... Go ahead. Just, this, this is a whole other topic of conversation. Um, was... Uh, <laughs> An X-Men comic called New X-Men, specifically the team up between Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. So Grant Morrison wrote the whole thing and Frank Quietly did artwork for several, a lot of the issues. Mm -hmm. And that was the one book that like, as a young teenager, that probably came out when I was like 12 or 13, maybe like pre-high school. That was the one book where I was like, holy shit, I I had to know every month like how the story developed. So that was the one that made me go back to the store month after month after month. And then things kind of took off from there because then you sort of branch out and it's like, oh, let me check this out. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Let me go month after month for this thing. So that's kind of how the comic book collecting for real started for me. No, that's really cool. I think that so far we've talked about two of your collections Mm -hmm. that you remember from your, your youth. Yeah. And I feel like they fall in line with like who you are now, where your interests lie. Like even if you don't actively collect those two things, mm-hmm. 
they're still such a big part of like who you are as a person. Yeah. I'm still it... difficult and picky. <laughs> no, no, I meant like, you know, artistic and and uh, you love reading, and that's like still a big part. You're you're a big nerd, like, because sometimes you don't always fall into collections. On your own. Like for me, I started the VHS collecting because my dad did it. Yeah. And then I did it because he bought them for me. And it became like a source of pride. It was also a way that me and he and I connected. That's a big when I was thing. Little. Yeah, that's a big thing with collectors too that I find, which when you brought it up about when you brought up about your dad is like a lot of times that is a bonding mechanism for people. Whether it's like your parents, your friends, siblings, that's a big thing a lot of times that brings people together, you know. Yeah. Me and my dad, like, you know, obviously he's my father and we get along, but I think movies... He's my dad, whatever. No, I mean, like, in mo- I think movies is a way where we just kind of, like, vibe together. We like similar movies. I wouldn't say our tastes always uh, mm-hmm. mesh. Yeah. Because he loves to your dad watch always, Fast and the Furious 80,000 times. He was literally say, watching it yesterday. Your dad needs to... Every movie your dad watches has to have at least one gun in it. Yeah. Um. So... <laughs> or, like, you know, sword. A sword. He likes fantasy, so a sword. I give this movie five swords and two guns. <laughs> but uh, mm. we that's how we, you know, we connect. We watch movies together. We'll go to the movies together. Or, you know, he used to buy the movies for me. Yeah. And he was excited when I was like, no, I specifically want this. I remember, I don't want to talk about movies forever because I do want to talk about other collections that I used to have. We used to go to Suncoast. It was like this oh, small yeah. movie store, and it was the first store that sold anime movies. Mm-hmm. And when I transi- transitioned into liking anime, I think it had excited it excited him too because I think he saw like, oh, I'm I'm forging my own interests. Mm-hmm. It's like a spinoff of like something that we built together. So you and were... then he would support it. Like he would go yeah. and buy me some random anime movie, which <laughs> wasn't always appropriate, but he'd buy it for me. Just titties everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So you developed your love of anime independent from him. Oh yeah. Oh, because I thought that owned, he. I thought that he, he was owned, into it. He owned one VHS tape, which was Guyver, which we discussed in right. episode one or zero. I forget. <laughs> no, it's probably one. Yeah. And um, but it wasn't something that he was hardcore into. Like he'd watch Speed Racer and that kind of stuff. But when I developed my interest in anime, which I guess can go along with our next topic that I wanted to bring up, I got into it hardcore. I would take in anything that was anime. So it's like, even if I don't understand it, even if it's too grown up for me, even if in the future I learn not to like it because it's just not my style, whatever I could get my hands on. Yeah. Which wasn't much in the early 90s um, or anything that was in English, (laughs) which is also hard. Tying into anime and then tying into collections that don't always start like because you're totally 100 percent invested in it mm-hmm. wait what do you mean anime pokemon <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm trying to like connect the dots and for some reason my brain is going it's all right. it but i'm saying like it's cold everything in New York i like anime over. so then i eventually obviously like most kids in the 90s got into pokemon yeah which then led me into like the Pokemon card trading game, which I think a lot of us yeah, Pokemon was a fucking were problem. fucking into. But trading cards in itself yeah. have been a thing, at least in American culture, for a long time. And we discussed this a little bit when we decided to do this episode, but um, trading cards have somehow stood the test of time. And they hold so much sway over people. Yeah. Like, the whole thought and, like, I, I did a little bit of research. Not a lot because I don't give that much of a fuck. But 
I did a little bit of research and like trading cards go back to the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And people went buck nuts for it in the 1800s. And they still go crazy for it now trying to shoot up targets. So it's like, people, what the heck? Yeah, people <laughs> people are getting the fucking smoke at targets in Wisconsin over oh, basketball okay. cards. Yeah, but something about those little pieces of paper really, yeah. well, really now, set our hearts aflame. Well, to go back to it, now it's purely financial. You like, think? I don't think anybody gives a fuck, really. Like, when people are taking guns out in fucking Walmart parking lots to, like, shoot each other over, like, hockey cards or whatever the fuck the thing is. That's true. Right? Sorry. It's all because it's all because people are trying to get specific cars that they can then flip for a lot of money. Yeah. That's what that is now, you know? I know, but they, again, we, you know, we discussed this briefly earlier. If people weren't willing, be willing, if people weren't willing to pay that amount because they were genuinely right, it's interested like, in the cards it's all, yeah. and collecting, then that wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it's all false inflation. <laughs> Didn't you have a little history lesson for us? Did I? Yeah. No, not really. Oh, about cigarette cards? It was just, oh, yeah, sorry. So, early 1800s, um, the first trading cards, or trade cards, because they call them by both names, um, were cigarette cards. Well, trade cards is a little, maybe a little bit later they developed something called trade cards. Yeah. Sorry, I digress. No, okay. We'll talk about this when we get to ephemera, Jacqueline. Well, I think this all kind of falls in line, but yeah, my simple lesson was that cigarette cards came out in the 1800s, and obviously they were sold in cigarette boxes as sort of mm. like advertisements. Yeah. Children couldn't buy it, but I read online that kids would wait outside of the stores and, like, beg people to give them to them. Yeah. And this lasted for a while. It was a big deal. And then uh, during the war, they stopped creating the the cards, but then... Paper shortage and everything. Yeah. But then, in the future, um, the UK also did it with tea bags. Like little, oh, I didn't know that. With tea, well, not tea bags, but like the boxes the where boxes. tea was sold, and they did the same thing yeah, that cigarette cards cool. did. I know, I know for cigarette cards, what the the inclusion in the cigarette boxes or cigarette packs or whatever it was, that was also kind of utilitarian because from what I understood, they, the cards also helped to give the the boxes a little bit more structure. Oh, that's true. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the first baseball card was a cigarette card. The first baseball card ever produced was a cigarette card. Do you, I think was it? In the 1900s or in the 1800s when the think, first sports card came out? Because I can't remember. I, well, I, what it was was I think that because they used to have the cigarette cards had different images. So it would be like, you know, Native American figures, politicians, cartoon characters, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I believe the first appearance of like a baseball player in card form was a, was he was a real guy. I forget who, who the baseball player was, but was on one of those cigarettes cards. And that's considered like the rarest and most expensive card now. We're able to like, oh, track all those out. <laughs> you know? um, and obviously, as, you, as since you brought it up, sports cards are the most well-known form of trading yeah. card collecting. Baseball cards being at like the top, but they also have like basketball cards, like all the sports. Yeah. But I know baseball cards are a big deal. I know Tops is um, still the uh, biggest seller mm-hmm. of any trading card. Yeah, they're the biggest. I like Tops because they do weird shit. Like they have like. Star Wars cards. Yeah. Fucking, you, know. um, but you know what? You know what I say? What do you say? I say sports. Who needs them? <laughs> well, <laughs> Pokemon cards is where it was at. Oh, I, I agree. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I was big into Pokemon cards. And I yeah. never know if it was because, like, I was just very interested in the show. Yeah. Or if it was because everybody was into Pokemon cards. Did we know how to play them? No. But we wanted all 150, just like that little song in the show, which was like, oh my god, the fucking, like, the people who sat in the boardroom when they were like, we're gonna bring um, Pokemon to America, we're gonna make these songs, 
And then they made the song. You're talking about the theme song? Yeah, I'm talking about the song. Was, we gotta catch them all, gotta catch them all. That's poker rap. Yeah, I know, but then it makes you, as like a little 10 year old kid, be like, I gotta catch them all. I do. And you have to go to the I store. I gotta catch them all. Yeah, you gotta go to the store, you gotta get all the cards. And... Stealing from your mom's purse. Yeah, basically, like cards. fucking crackhead. I'm trying to get this, this this holographic Charizard. Exactly. Sorry, bitch, you can't pay the. the but they were fucking the brilliant because obviously those songs were not in the original Japanese version. Weren't they? But. No, like they had it was different. Yeah. <laughs> so then when Did they brought notice? it here, it, yeah. they were like, "No, we're gonna tell the kids exactly what the fuck they need to do." After watching this on WB Eleven <laughs> or whatever network they showed it on, wherever you lived, I think it was, and it just 11, like yeah. it just like went in line so perfectly. The marketing genius yeah. behind like the show as its own thing, and then the trading cards. And the trading cards got to North America in 1999, and that's when, like, everything fucking exploded. All the kids were, like, little drug addicts reaching in their mom's purse, as you so eloquently described earlier. But I was really big into to, to Pokemon yeah. cards, and I remember, like, at some point they banned them from schools, can't bring them to school. My school banned them, too, yeah. And I had, like, a box full of them. And then eventually I got the binder. Everybody knows the That's binder. When you reach the big time. And you feel like such binder. a hot little shit yeah. when you get your binder and you like either put your stickers on the outside or you get like an actual Pokemon binder because they even sold those. Yeah. And then you start to like fucking put them in number, number order, one, Bulbasaur exactly. first. Yeah. You felt like such a hot shit. But then you also felt like a complete piece of shit when there was that gap missing between like you know right. the next evolution what or the next the fuck number is this oh that made your heart hurt yeah but i don't know that shit was everywhere that was that wasn't a ubiquitous but I like, part of the 90s and it like it became like a fad there were people collecting pokemon cards that maybe never watched the show or vice versa yeah and i i, I tell this day i don't know if i was genuinely like oh yeah i'm gonna be a card collector now or if it was just like the high of everybody around me doing we, the same thing. But see, for stuff like that, though, that's like... Because you had the the act of collecting built into whatever that phenomenon was. So, I don't think at the time anybody that's that young... Because well, I was probably like nine or so, eight or nine, maybe a little older. Well, you're, you're born in 1989. Yeah, I was born in 1989. 1989. I've been here for 100 years. I was born in 91, so I was a lot younger than so, you. I, it was just everywhere. I don't know if it was a conscious decision where it's like, oh, I'm a collector now. I think it was just what you did. As a like, child. you were just collecting, but unknowingly, you know, and, like, doing trades and, like, trying to get your collection. I got to get this one. I got to get the Zapdos, you know? I know that as a child. Hey, man, I'll suck your dick for a Zapdos. <laughs> You got you got that fucking you got that uh you got the holographic that... you got the holographic blastoise come on man <laughs> like when you start selling like well I'll give you like five Pikachu's for like, yeah you exactly start, like, really fucking... exactly I'll give you th- I'll give you come on man I'll give you five Doug trios they're like <laughs> don't want no fucking Doug trios <laughs> you have now been transported back to like. 1999 when Damien was like a Pokemon dealer at a yeah. school. It was it was fucked up. He was just people... like a little shit, like wearing sunglasses, standing around in the corner of the schoolyard. Yeah, exactly. It was fucked Open up, up, honestly. Your jacket, just kids like, would get, Pokemon yeah, cards. kids, exactly, that's me. Fucking, fucking, yeah. Trying to get girls to show me their titties for fucking uh, holograph, holographic Clefairies. But, uh, yeah, I completely lost my train of thought. I forgot what That's I was. Fine. I was gonna make just a point. Talking about how, like, oh, everybody kids would was lose their, it, but they didn't realize. Kids would lose their fucking minds because it was like they would lose cards in trades, or yeah. like 
People, we, nobody knew, how, like you said before, nobody knew how to play for yeah. real. So kids would just make up their own fucked up way where it's like, I'm going to have five cards. And I'm going to hold them towards me. It's essentially like, kind of like, um, go fish, I guess. I don't know. I don't know any fucking card game. But I it's like, I, right, we're going to, we're going to put the cards down at the same time. And then whoever has like the highest health, they win. And there was always some asshole that had like, oh, a Charizard or something. Yeah. That would clean house. Then kids would get their Pokemon cards stolen. Kids would cry. It was rough. It was a rough, rough. It was a rough time to be a kid, if I, if I may say so, myself. <laughs> Life is hard. So were you on the short end of the Pokemon card? I think in my whole Pokemon career, I probably lost like one card. I think I lost a Zapdos, which hurt. Uh-huh. But I never really did any trades because I went to school with a bunch of um, shitheads. Yeah, so. I don't think I ever traded either. Because like, again, that's like another thing. Like, what's the end goal? I collected a bunch of cards. Mm-hmm. And then I fell off eventually. Once they were like, oh, we have 350 more Pokemon. You want to get these two? I was like, nah, that's okay. Well, that's the thing. But then but, yeah. I never was like, oh, I want to trade with you. Like, I mean, if I had doubles, I, I would, would trade. Yeah, like if I had doubles. Like... But I was never like actively like always on the hunt. Like always had a pack and like a stack of them in my <laughs> pocket. And it's like, I'm ready to trade whenever yeah. the time comes. Like it was just like, it wasn't even a thought. It was mostly just like to be a completionist. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I collected. I wasn't so about like, oh, I want to play with you. I want to like gamble with Pokemon cards with you. It was like, I'm gonna complete it on my own, and seldom was I. I guess also because I was only a child, but like seldom was I like, oh, I'm gonna carry around these five Pikachu's just in case I can get that holographic Gengar. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like that was yeah that was your experience, but I think a lot of it was also like it goes back to the bonding thing because it was a way for kids to kind of like interact with one another and be like weird or like together. beat each other up or beat each other up. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean that, that's another thing where it's like Pokemon now. It's hard for me to gauge how big it is. Like it's obviously still fucking huge, and they make like twenty billion dollars a year. But is it all? Like, are there new, like, are there young children that are into Pokemon now? Or is it all, like, autistic adults now that are our age that, like, they have to get the newest Pokemon game? I'd or, say like, that whatever. maybe in Japan, I think the young kids are still actively into Pokemon because I feel like they, mm-hmm. they, they do come out with new anime all the time and, and that kind of thing. I think that in America, it's just autistic adults like ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's... I've been trying to, like, think, like, am I going to get the new Pokemon video game? Well, but I'm probably not, because everybody says it's kind of shit, but... Collecting frustrates me. But, I mean... Because it is it is a thing where it's, like... It is a thing where either collect everything and you move on. Some people, some things are lifelong. Yeah, because they keep making or it's shit. Like, like fucking Funko Pops. Fuck them. Yeah, true. There's anything with Pokemon. There's new Pokemon every fucking couple that's true. years. That's why I gave up. I was like, oh, I'm never gonna. Brilliant. I'm never gonna catch up. There's gonna be a thousand. How can I possibly catch them all? <laughs> <laughs> be a thousand. I'll, I'll be like eighty something, and I was yeah. like, I'll never catch them on my fucking deathbed. I never catch <laughs> caught them all. <laughs> Meanwhile, somebody's like my one of my fucking retard grandchildren are whispering here. They just came out with three thousand no. more. <laughs> as I as I drift off yeah. into death. You just hear them. You just hear them on their switch. <laughs> Trying to like collect the cards. But like, even if Pokemon trading wasn't the best collection that mm-hmm. you've ever had, there is an aspect of it that you're still into. You still like cards and ephemera and things like that, which is kind of in I like line with cards the same are cool. thing. I, th- I like 
so my interest has kind of like shifted a little bit. You like J JPEG? JPEG. I like JPEGs. JPEGs. I'm super yes, into JPEGs. Exactly. I'm heavy in the NFT game right now. Yes. Yeah, so I currently it. hold two Board Eight Yacht Club NFTs. Uh, they're valued at three hundred thousand dollars each. If that's the case, why are we doing this right now? <laughs> that's that's me time, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, what were we saying? Yeah, training yeah, cards. Yeah, you like... So, it's... You like Garbage, garbage Pail Kid. I like Garbage Pail Kid cards. Mm-hmm. I didn't collect anything for a long time. Comics being the, the big thing. Uh, I got into Garbage Pail Kids a couple years ago just because I'm a slut for some good character designs. Mm-hmm. And I like gross-out humor. It's the most base level of humor. You know, I found out that one of my favorite artists who worked on Mad Magazine, Tom Bunk, did a couple of... Uh, he, he was responsible for a lot of the artwork, as was, I think... I think Art Spiegelman also did some Garbage Pail Kid cards, if I'm not mistaken. That was like a new sort of like thing to me, because that, that was something, as a kid, you kind of just jump into things and you sort of like are a sponge and you kind of absorb everything. Mm -hmm. So when Pokemon came out, it was like, you just throw Osmosis fucking know everything. Ninja Turtles, you know everything. The fucking Goofy movie, you know all the weird facts about Goofy movie. Who? <laughs> exactly. Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> right. So... Uh, getting into stuff as an adult is a little weirder because you, you kind of have to parse out, okay, like, was the history... I'm a fucking asshole, so I like to know the history of things Nerd. and, like... Right. We know this. <laughs> I like to know the history of things. I think it's interesting. What are the variations? What makes things valuable, but not necessarily because I'm looking to resell things, but I just think it's interesting to know, like, within that community what collectors find desirable or not. Mm-hmm. So Garbage Pail Kids was a big thing, which I still collect. They're a little harder to find now. Yeah. They re-released them. I was going to fucking say. Well, right. Where do you buy it? I, I, so the original ones... I've tried to like go on the internet to buy Garbage Pail Kids. Not for me. For you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how the fuck do you buy these? I mean, the Where do you buy them? You can't, original... can't go to fucking Target and do it anymore. Yeah. They originally came out in the 80s, but since then, they've obviously been reissued. They have themes now, but like the newer ones where it's like... Oh, we're gonna do an all food collection. Oh, we got that. We're gonna, one. yeah, that we did so that one. Yeah, we're gonna do an all like uh, horror related one, which you know about that one too. Mm -hmm. the, uh, we're gonna do an all celebrity one. To me, I like those ideas, but I think it makes it a little less fun because it's kind of quote unquote, big big air quotes here. It's kind of like too easy. I feel. I think it's more interesting to take a weird character and a weird like trait or characteristic or like visual quirk. And just like make a new thing and just have them mixed. I don't know how psyched I am to be like, okay, yeah, here's one of Chef Ramsay. Okay, yeah, here's one of like Steven Seagal. Okay, yeah, here's one of Lady Gaga. I think that I, I, mean, I still, that, yeah. That just, what you were saying, sorry to interrupt you. I feel like that just kind of like goes back to like the nostalgia factor that people just love nowadays. It's like, yeah. And people love pop culture. I think now pop culture is like, pop culture in itself is a. Is a I mean, subculture, if you want to call it that, but there's people that, like, make pop culture their personality. True. Um, As I sit here in, like, a Hello Kitty. <laughs> sure. A Disney hat. <laughs> I feel the judgment. Um, yeah, so Garbage Pail Kid cards were sort of, like, my entrance into trading cards. Uh, since then, I like weird random trading cards. Mm -hmm. So, like, I try to pick up whatever I can. I found uh, some, like, Desert Storm trading cards, which mm -hmm. are weird as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I like... Uh, I think it's interesting. It's I find every every trading card to sort of be, like, a little mini, like, work of art, kind of. I like that, that idea that it's 
this big series of things. This is for like any trading cards, mostly stuff that's illustrated. It's this big series of things that individually they can stand on their own, but once they're all together, it kind of like makes a little more sense. I like that. It's really poetic. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, I after like the Pokemon card creating like the Digimon. I even did the Digimon card. Yeah, see, point. that's peasant shit. Yeah, I know. I know. Whatever. You know who likes I Digimon? Never, no, no, no. I never got. Yeah. I never went back to trading cards. Like I never uh-huh. went back and I was like, oh, I have to. Yeah. To collect cards from anything else, mm-hmm. but I do think they are an art form, and that. It's very interesting to think of a collection in that like way as like oh I this is a piece of art, mm-hmm. but you know and then obviously there's art collectors but maybe to some trading cards are worthless and stupid and silly yeah but to the person that's collecting the item it is art and it is special and it, or it does like evoke a particular memory and that's why we collect it so yeah. I think you know everybody has their reasons yeah um but clearly like you know obviously trading cards can is a thing that you collect but recently you've been starting to collect postcards um how did that come about so, is again does it just tie back into art kind of let's let's take it back a little bit before garbage pocket cards right what mm-hmm. I, so i tried to dip my toe into the being like an action figure collector guy mm-hmm. or a designer vinyl collector guy that's just like impossible for me like when you say designer vinyl you mean like funko pops that's a little different. Funko Pops kind of what designer vinyl was a jumping off point for Funko Pops because Funko Pops are sort of like very accessible designer vinyl toys or or artist toys uh, for sort of like the mass market. Mm-hmm. A lot of the art toy stuff is like, you know, you're paying $300 for like a two foot tall fucked up Japanese monster. Mm-hmm. But oh, kind of like um, when we went to the toy show. Yeah, like Five Points Fest, like yeah. the stuff you see there, where it's a little more geared towards adult collectors, and they're seen more as, like, again, big air quotes, art pieces. It's a mm-hmm. toy. Knock it off. <laughs> so I tried to do that in and out. Like, I had a little phase of collecting Marvel Legends, and it was like, fuck, everyone is, like, 30 bucks. I have it. It just sits on the shelf. I don't have any fucking space to collect. It's kind of like what you felt with the VHS tapes. Yeah. So, I feel that with every collection, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. But so I tried to be like a toy collector guy because I do appreciate good character design. I like toys, especially when they're really well done and sculpts. I couldn't do it. Too much fucking money, no space. Yeah. And that's something that we haven't discussed either. mm -hmm. It's like collecting is an expensive thing. It can be. It can be very expensive, time consuming. Yeah. And then like sometimes there's like a lot of upkeep involved and you have to have space. So it's like. I feel like everybody has some form of collection, but I think that something that deters people from doing it is the fact that it is an expense. It can be really time consuming. It can be life consuming. Yeah, if you get it, if you if you let it like kind of get away from you, yeah. you can go down a black hole. Yeah. So. Yeah, because you want to have everything, but you can't have everything. It's just not realistic. Yeah. You know. Um. So that's kind of what like turned me off of the whole, you know, action figure collecting, adult collectible, fucking art toy thing so then i think that's a big pivot into stuff like you mentioned cre- uh, i was gonna say credit cards i collect credit cards I collect i'm other, in debt <laughs> i collect other people's credit cards <laughs> i am a scammer did you receive a 300 dollars bill for the models in flushing that was me <laughs> so the reason why i moved on to stuff like trading cards 
like you mentioned postcards is because it's just easier to keep all that collection in one place you just need a couple binders and you're good like you said i pivoted to trading cards not too i'm sorry uh postcards not too long ago maybe a year ago the way that happened was um i was doing this thing where i, I got a bunch of free postcards from a hotel i was staying at and I put the the word out on Instagram. I was like, hey, I'm going to draw on these postcards. Who wants one for free? I'll send it to you just as like a ha-ha, cheery time, bro sesh, whatever. So some people hit me up. I sent the postcards out. They were really shitty postcards. They were postcards of the hotel. I was saying that. And I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. Let me go out and look for more postcards that I can kind of draw on, send to people, that kind of stuff. So I went to a, an antique place, an antique mall. I started looking for stuff to sort of draw on, you know, whatever. And as I was looking through the postcards, I noticed that a lot of the stuff I either connected to or, like, caught my eye, independent of, like, what I originally was intending them to be used for. Mm -hmm. So I got, like, one or two postcards just because I thought they were cool. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, just have these around just as inspiration or something that I like. And uh, that's kind of the thing that sort of got me into now, of course, is, uh, you know, my little baby dumpling. Every time we go to any place that there's like an estate sale, antique mall, old things, I have to be on the lookout for postcards. Yeah, I help. You do help. You're a big help. I just point out the boxes. There's a box over there. I mean, I there's have, a, box over I have here. a task. Have you seen this box? I have a task. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into that, and it's something that um, I really like. I think I collect specifically. That's the other thing. Again, with postcards, is like you have to sort of pick and choose what it is that you're going to collect. Otherwise, the shit will just consume you entirely. So there's some people that will only collect, say, like modes of transportation. So they only, you know, they only collect boats. Yeah. They only collect animals. Some people collect things that are called real photo postcards, which is essentially, it's not a postcard that's printed. It's photo. I, I can't even explain how it was done, like what it is, but it's essentially you're looking at an actual photograph it's not an image that was taken from a photo and then printed on but it's like the actual photograph itself which was made into a postcard so people collect just those so that's another thing that i think that kind of goes back to collecting is like there's always like weird subsets of collectors mm -hmm. you know that's true so yeah it's cool i like it i went to a postcard um convention probably like a uh, maybe like December, like November, December. Mm -hmm. That's how you know it's serious. Yeah. When they have a, con they have a convention yeah. for your particular collecting. It was, it was <laughs> the weirdest collection of human beings I've ever encountered. <laughs> they were fucking animals. What do you mean animals? So were they like weird. awful people? It's just very strange. They're very strange. Everybody's walking around with their little fucking cartographer. What is that thing that the jewelers look through? The little jeweler like monocle. That, that glass. The... looking at stuff that's weird everybody's weird everybody in the fucking postcard community is insane they're out of their but minds you can say that of any community because no. postcard just community. like when you go to like a convention for like nerd shit like comic-con there's always like those three aisles like towards the back that's all like actual comic books and collectors and people like trying to figure out like what their stuff is worth and they look all yeah. crazy so yeah, I mean, I went to this thing. It was at the at the New Yorker Hotel in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. It was all maniacs. There's one guy wearing like a toga type outfit made out of a Detroit Lions t-shirt. And he was hitting on every single female in the room. Oh, dear. He was about 75 years old. <laughs> he was very loud, very Jewish, just trying to really 
really get up in the guts of every single female creature that was in that room. It's weird. I don't know. But I like it. People are strange. So that that would be your uh, <laughs> segue. Postcards right now mm-hmm. would be your main form of collecting. Yeah. And I, I collect. Yeah. So no, I think that that's cool. Again, like it just shows that there is a, a common thread between all of the collecting. You know, maybe not so much the Pokemon cards, but again, that's also just like a sign of the times <laughs> yeah. where, where everybody was at the time. But I think for you, collecting has always been um, a visual thing. Yeah. Uh, like what is aesthetically like pleasing to you or interesting. You love art. You're an artist. So I think all of your uh, collections sort of fall in line with that. It could be. I, I don't I don't have uh, I hardly have any. Uh, postcards of my collection that are photographs everything is illustrated like that's kind of what i specialize in like or what i look for is like most of the stuff is illustrated yeah and it's a it's a it's nice to collect those kind of things because that's a dying art form like hand-drawn yeah art like that like everything's done on a computer nowadays and it's it's not it's not the same it's, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a historical artifact. Like you said, it's like the processes are different. The colors are different. The way the the kind of paper handled the color at the time is different. Even historical shit, like, I never knew this, but supposedly, not, like, because I collect vintage postcards, so it's stuff from, like, 1800s, 1900s. You find a lot of postcards that are, like, Happy Thanksgiving cards that have the American flag on them, that have some type of patriotic logo on them. Because back then, Thanksgiving wasn't seen as a... Uh, like, nowadays, we kind of see it as more of a, not a religious holiday, but it's kind of like a spiritual day of, like, reflection, thanking people for what we have, or thanking, you know, whoever, whatever, for what we have, being together. But back in the day, it was seen as a patriotic holiday, kind of on par with 4th of July. Mm. So nowadays, or now, you know, looking back, you'll see a lot of those Thanksgiving Day cards that have turkeys holding American flags. You'll see, like, little kids with American flags, and it's always Happy Thanksgiving, which, out of context, you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't... <laughs> So it's it's also like a little history lesson too, which I like, you know. I fuck with postcards that have been uh, postmarked and like have messages written on them. Yeah. It's just interesting seeing people's stories. I think that's like, I don't know. It, it's weirdly, I mean, we've said this before, but I'm uh, sentimental. So it's weird just, you get a bunch of postcards that are probably from the same person. Like you see the person's story, you know. I arrived here in Pennsylvania. I'm safe. I'll write you when I find a job. Yeah. Then you find another postcard by the same person, you know, I've yet to find a job, I'm looking, whatever, tell mom I love her. It's just strange, it's like somebody's story is like there, it's weird, you know. And the time and care it took to have to to uh, write and, and send them out. It's true. You know, like we live in an era of a text, so you could just text somebody, uh... Hello. Hi, nudes? <laughs> send nudes, well, Send please. nudes. <laughs> but back in the day, you had to... Also tell mom I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. But back in the day, everything was, was more effort. They collected post uh three times a day back then oh really yeah that way you could be like yo you want to come to dinner and then the person would send you a thing back yeah i'm coming to dinner. <laughs> and then they'd be like all I mean, right i assume cool. that's only like right, if you cool. live in the same state i'll see you in di- yeah no, well like local, no like you got you got mail three times a day because like you know if you wanted to to have a correspondence with somebody that say like seven blocks away or whatever you could just send them a letter in the morning. By afternoon, you get your response. And then by evening, you know, they've yeah. contacted you. So that's interesting. It's just stuff like that, which, I don't know. It's little time capsules of a bygone era. I'm a fucking... I'm a, I'm a slut for some nostalgia, you know? <laughs> Aren't we all, though? <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
Actually, I don't know. How do you feel about nostalgia? I don't know. That's like a really, that's like a really big topic to cover mm-hmm. after we've been at it for an hour now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Listen, it's such, listen. It's such a big listen, part. I don't want to hear culture. about. I don't want to hear nothing about an hour. Okay. I'm just saying that like that that topic is a such a big part of our Me- culture. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of who we are as human beings now. Maybe we the can, way we consume yeah. everything just stems from like nostalgia. We're all victims of it, even if we claim not to be. Victim is a good word. I would use victim. the word victim. Yeah. I was literally just watching a video about this. Nostalgia victim. That should be our third podcast. It's going to be Trash Bring Kids, Damiencito After Dark, and then um, <laughs> Nostalgia Victim. Nostalgia victim. <laughs> It'll be like set up like a true crime Oh, fuck yeah. But only about nostalgia. Exactly. Either true crime or it could look like a 90s Ninja Turtle toy ad. <laughs> like grainy footage and you'll be like, whoa, did you really do that? <laughs> like, it'll be, um, we should... just throw pizza at each other. So, um, okay, what are we, right now, I was literally we're watching... planning the Trash Bin Kids Cinematic Universe right now. Woo! Demian Cito After Dark, Nostalgia, nostalgia victim. victim. And then I'll probably think of something for myself. Do something for yourself. Super happy fun time. Yes! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I was literally watching. I don't really, really want to discuss nostalgia right now in this episode. But really? We can definitely do it for the next episode. Yeah. Um, I was watching a YouTuber called Jesse Gender, and she was talking about The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, new, the new movie, was it called? Revolution, Re- resurrection. Like, yeah, because it's like Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And she was sort of looking it at a lens through like nostalgia and like capitalism, politics, and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking machine. And um, she had a lot of valid points about nostalgia, and we can definitely bring it up next episode. Yeah. But I want to talk about my collection. Yes, I'm now. sorry. I kind of ran away with this entire episode. No, no, no. We, I think we, I got a little bit in there, but I only have like two other collections to talk about. My get, brief, get it, Jackie. Jackie, get my, up in that ass. Let my, us know about your collection. My brief interest in Funko Pop, which I was talked br- about a little. Was bit. it brief? It's like a couple years. That's not brief. But I also, if somebody was like. I kind of like, you know, I dabbled in heroin for a little bit. And you're like, oh, how long? A couple years. It's like, yeah, no, you were a heroin addict. It's the same thing. Let's not play games I here. had a wall. Don't mince. Yeah, that's a problem. Let's talk about okay, it. Okay, yeah, but you also. Let's talk about you it. You also attributed to that problem. I don't know what you're talking about. You also. Because everybody. I just want to make you happy. I know. Thank you. I appreciate it. But try also, don't try to make it sound like I'm a drug, drug addict and you never bought me drugs. Like, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was really big into Funko Pop. This kind of stemmed from one of my first visits to Disney. Um, they had little things called Vinylmations. Oh, yeah. And they were shaped like Mickey. Was that the same company? I think it might have been. And they had like, they had the Mickey head. Yeah. And then they put different images on it. And they were bigger, some were smaller. And I sort of got into that. And then... Through that, I discovered that, like, Funko Pops existed, and they had for a long time. Um, and then I wanted to shift over to, like, getting Disney Funko Pops. But then just, like, went, everything, like, went retard. Like, I went retard, and uh, I was like, oh, wait. Sorry, I know I said it. You used the R word. I said it. What is this, hypocr- what is this hypocrisy? I went... What is this hypocrisy? I went ham sandwich. Are you going to beep it? You should bleep it. I'm g- no. You should just do I'm the I'm going to take it out. I'm going to edit it. Oh, don't even... You, you're trying to wash away your sins right now? <laughs> I don't like that. I, I went like ham that. sandwich, and I was like, oh, wait, they have Marvel, they mm-hmm. have DC, they have... Anything you could imagine. And 
it just became such a big problem. I, I really wanted to like complete sets. Yeah. And to this day, I only completed like three sets. What sets are those? I completed the Steven Universe mm. Funko Pop set. But they didn't make a whole lot at the end of the day. And I feel like um, Funko Pop, if you'd like to make more Steven Universe Funkos, I might get back in the game. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of characters that you kind of just Don't, don't make didn't... it easy for them. Don't no, do their no, job no, for them. No, don't do no, job for them. No, I could pitch it to you. We can talk about it together. I would definitely get back into the Funko Pop game if you came out with like a few more Steven Universe Funko Pops. Just saying. <laughs> uh, I completed uh, Saga, or at least whatever's come out from Saga thus far. Yeah. What was the last set that I completed? Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Oh, you completed that set? Yeah. Ooh, nice. And I thought I had completed like other ones, but they just keep coming out with more. Well, and the reason why I got out of the Funko Pop game was because I realized, A, they weren't really coming out with like, there was just shitty paint jobs happening on a fuck ton of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could not buy them online because the chances of you getting, like, one that was missing an eye or something painted properly. Does that make them more valuable? I don't know, but I don't like it. You know how sometimes mistakes and inaccuracies and stuff can make things more valuable? Like, I if you get. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. Because your Cowboy Bebop one might. Yeah, fucking, he gave me a Cowboy Bebop one with, was it Spike? Bat- Battle of Fallen Angels or something like that? Oh, yeah, it was this beautiful um, uh, set of two Funko Pops, and then it had this, like, background piece depicting a scene in the episode Battle of Fallen Angels with Cowboy Bebop, where they're, like, you know, sword and gun against each other right in front of the stained glass. Epic moment in the anime. I was given this by my boyfriend, but fucking Spike Spiegel's gun was naked. It was like this pale skin color. They didn't, they didn't even the paint the gun. I didn't notice that when I bought it. The fuckery. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's worth a thousand dollars. Yeah. Aesthetically, to me, it hurts my eyes. Yeah. No me gusta. So, what was it about just Funko Pops in general that you were like, I have to have every single one? Um, I liked the like chibi kawaii quality of it. Right. Um, and now they've admittedly gotten better because when I first started collecting them. It was very basic. It was like the two black eyes, and then they just have like the outfit. And now they do poses. They do bigger ones. Yeah. They do more facial features, and it looks really cool. They're a little more dynamic. Yeah, but then also they're also fucking lazy. Like the other day, I saw they came out with Ninja Turtle ones, and it's literally the Ninja Turtle mold with like repeats of Ninja Turtle print on oh, them. Oh, like an all over pattern. Why? Yeah. Por qué? And then uh, the reason why I got out of the game so I can finish the story and then talk about my last collection. Which Damien doesn't find is a collection, but yeah. I don't care. Um, is oh yes, so I got out of it because they're playing games. It's like it's all about the box and not about the actual figure. Mm-hmm. So you have like exclusives, right? And I would freak out because again, I was trying to complete sets. So for instance, Sailor Moon, I'm a big fan. I wanted to try to complete the Sailor Moon set. They came out with a Sailor V Pop. One year for Comic-Con, it was supposed to be a Kamikan exclusive. Right. And you have to, like, sell your left nut to get on the line. Just to get on the line to get a chance to get the pop. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the physical pop figure, there's nothing fucking special about it or exclusive. It's all about the box and having that stupid sticker on it. Because, you know what, Damien? They had those same fucking Sailor V Funko Pops at Hot Topic. But, like you said, it's all about the sticker, right? I don't give a fuck about the sticker. 
I take some those Funko do. Pops out of the box. I don't give yeah. a fuck. I mean, I, I did. Yeah. After a while, I put them back in the box, whatever. But it's like, it's stupid. It's just a fucking box, a cardboard box that gets damaged and doesn't like stand the test of time. Like, I want the figure. That's what it's about for me. I know that there's people who are like, no, leave it in the box forever. And you're in mint condition. Fuck that. Like, I want to be able to enjoy my thing. I want to put it on display. Hmm. And I don't want to wait five hours to maybe get the Sailor V-Pop when it's like, it's almost like false advertising. Like, oh, it's exclusive. You could only get it here. And then I can literally go to Hot Topic and get it at Hot Topic, which I right. fucking did. And I was very happy. But it seems like now Funko Pop serves two people, right? It's like... The not insane, Jackie. Not Jackie. Jackie's exclusive. Even though I have my own Funko Pop, Damien made one for me. Yeah. I commissioned one. You commissioned one, which was amazing. I got so... That was a fucking saga. Did I ever tell you about that? No. Okay. Not for this episode, though. Isn't it? No. It's talking about collecting, though. I know, but... And you have the rarest Funko Pop of them all. It's the Jackie It's one. the Tumble in the Bronx Funko Pop. <laughs> It's just me like falling. A flight of stairs. Like on it's one you, leg it's, it's is you, a Funko Pop. It's you falling down the Joker stairs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, dick. and like the stairs are like long, like it's it's bigger than like the whole Funko Pop thing. It's just like a never-ending set of stairs. Oh dear. But um, okay. So Funko Pop is excluding Jackie. Jackie's a second-class citizen. The two people, exactly. I feel like they're uh, trying to appeal to is number one. Hardcore collectors that at this point kind of know the deal and it's like you said not about the figure itself It's more about oh, I have to have The the box the sticker matters because there's somebody that I'm sure that's a maniac That's like no I have to have the sticker that says comic-con because that to me is an exclusive is when it has the comic-con sticker no, and If I, I get it that. if I get it at Barnes and Noble, it's not the real fucking thing. Do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I understand that. And that's fine if people like that shit. Because obviously people do like it because they still fucking do it. Yeah. But for me, the joy of collecting the Funko Pops was the, it was like the word of the fucking day. The nostalgia of yeah. it. Like, it's a character that I enjoy. It's a series that I enjoy. I want to own it. I want to see how it's translated into pop, popcorn, into <laughs> a pop form. Yeah. Because, you know, you're taking a design of a character that you recognize or a person or whatever and then putting it into that like chibi form with the eyes and everything yeah. and I, that's what i like that's what's interesting to me i don't give a fuck about a cardboard box and i'm gonna want to take it out of anyway the other day a friend of mine asked me if she could take her gudetama pop out of the box or would that like ruin it forever and i was like no nah, take that bad boy out the box like what do you mean like it just it's gonna hit air and immediately like she was just like oh like is it like a sin to take it out of the box or yeah, can she like take want. it out and enjoy it like do what you want it's yours it's your, yeah. unless you plan on like fucking putting it in a glass case and selling it for thousands and trillions of dollars. And honestly, I don't know how much value that Funko Pop would even have in, in retrospect. Yeah. But I was like, no, take it out. Enjoy it. And if anything, you could put it back in the fucking box. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that was the thing for me. It's just like, I'm not collecting Funko Pops for a box. A shitty plastic box. Yeah. I'm collecting it because I like the figure. Yeah. That's it. Easy. So that's kind of like the second prong, I feel, of this is like I'm saying. So it's either hardcore collectors... Or people, not that you're this person because you have standards, but there's people that are like, <laughs> standards. there's like kind of like, um, I'm trying to like delicate, like, I mean, the, you haven't been delicate the, this whole episode. Like the Walmart crowd, you know, that's like, I'm going to get a Funko Pop. Like Funko is, is brilliant because they make a figure of anything that's ever been in the news, any type of pop culture thing. <laughs> so there's somebody out there that gets a raging hard on when they see a fucking a Dwight from the office Funko Pop. Oh yeah, they and they don't give, and they don't give a fuck 
If it's painted well, they don't give a fuck if it's crafted well, what the sculpt is. They're like, I'm going to take my fucking Dwight from the office. I'm going to bring it to my shitty fucking job that I'm going to shoot up in like two weeks from now because I cannot stand being here. I want to display it. It's almost like a little badge of like, this is who I am. That's kind of what Funko Pop has kind of tapped into. That's that's anything. It's kind of like a... No, but but they've made it like mass market. Like it's so easy to be like, what are you into? Oh, I'm into fucking uh, Julian Assange. I really like how he fucking made WikiLeaks, bro. <laughs> well, here's a here's a Funko Pop for you. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's that yeah, kind of thing. So it's like there. It's I don't know. It's very, you know. Is there an Osama bin Laden Funko Pop? Let me see here. Oh my god. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> I will not entertain this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's not Damien. I feel like that's like there's very, an Uncle Sam one. I mean, yeah, but that makes more sense than what you're talking about. Well, Let me see this. Is there a Chris Kyle <laughs> Funko Pop? Uh, it doesn't look like it. Well, I'm glad you got that Funko out of your Pop, system. get it together. No, they don't have to get it together on that. Again, my request for more Steven Universe Pop still stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of good ideas for those. I do. So I think that if Funko Company wanted to fucking get on it, they would contact... Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Tumble in the Bronx. Jackie Tumble in the Bronx. Maybe you guys could work something out. I have really good ideas for new Funko Pops for the Steven Universe world. Yeah, she does. She's got a little autism, so what? You know what? I really love Steven Universe. She's got the good ideas. I do. Who doesn't? Who doesn't have a little drop of autism running through their veins? (laughs) But, um, so that's your old... That was my old game. That's your old game. We kind of set... Like the Bible says, when I when I became a man, I set childish things aside, and as such, yeah. did the good book what the good book says, and you set the Funko Pops aside. Yeah, and we moved on, right, Jackie? Yeah, but Damien doesn't think that this counts as a collection. Uh huh. But I collect plants now. Yeah. I'm a plant mom. You I'm are a plant daddy. All of the above. Yeah, yeah. I collect plants. <laughs> I've I've always liked plants. But I just didn't think that it was something that I could have, especially like in my current living situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy, has that changed. Oh, yeah. Your mom actually kind of helped me. Like I had like maybe two or three plants in my home. But then like your mom and her little like plant life really sort of inspired me to like get into it a lot more. Yeah. That I'm like for the past, what, two, three years now, I've kind of gone like ass wild. Has it been less than that? No. I feel like two it's only been years. a year or so. No. It's like also it's like closeted and we were trapped in the house for a year of this like the first year of the pandemic mm, i don't know anyway it doesn't matter i really got into plants now what brings you joy plants make me happy and that's all that matters and i like to try new plants and collect like i don't i'm not so much fixated on one particular genus mm-hmm. or a type of plant um i like to try them all kind of like pokemon mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. or catch them all like pokemon and then if i kill it if it doesn't do well, I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. But there's some plants that I will continue to buy even if I kill them a thousand times because I just love them so much. Yeah, I know. I've been with you when you, like, rebuy plants. I'm like, don't you have one like that? And you're like, yeah, I died. <laughs> That's only happened, like, twice. And I've, I've got into it to the point where it's like, I know it's a collection in my soul. Mm-hmm. Because it also, like, it's one of the first things. Like, yeah, I learned a lot about Funko Pop while I was collecting it. But I spent a lot of time doing research for plants i go online I, I find youtubers i and i put a lot of money into it it's an, it's an investment i created a setup in my house i have like lights 
I get special fertilizers for my plants, yep. and I learn how to do things for my plants. I test things. I've fucking made space in my tiny apartment for plants, which has yeah. caused problems. Well, you've utilized the amount of space that you have very well, I feel. Yeah, so that's my that's you my newest little, collection. Yeah. And I like it because early in the podcast, I had said that, like, for me, it has to have, like, a purpose. Because then I don't see, like, giving space to something that's just going to sit on a shelf, like, it doesn't give me any joy or value. It just makes me feel bad. Mm-hmm. But I like the plants because the purpose is, like, obviously they beautify your home. You can decorate with them. People claim that it, like, cleans the air and all that bullshit. But I don't think that's exactly 100% true. Yeah. It also is a way for me to, like, take time for myself that I seldom get. Yeah. So when I'm, like, tending to my plants, it's, like, a form of, like, I don't know, meditation. It might sound silly, but it's, like, the same feeling of, like, you might get when you're, like, going through your comic books and like sorting things and putting everything in order or when you look at a a, a a completed set of something and you're like oh i did this i feel that way when like my fucking plants are growing yeah or you know i'm watering them and i'm tending to them and i shift them around you're getting a little misty eyed now as you're talking and you're thinking mm-hmm. about plants i mean and who knows like i might get I, I might fall out of love with plants yeah but right now i think it's my collection and i think it gives me like purpose I mean, it's cool. I like that it's like, you know, you bring a little bit of nature inside. Yeah, I like that too. You know? I was telling Damien that uh, whenever we get our living situation together, I'm going to have to like take a compass on my uh, or, or like, or, like wait, download wait, wait, the what? compass app on okay. my phone. All right. So that way I can see which way the windows are facing. Oh, that, yes. So we can have good light. Northern, what is it? No, it's south is the most direct light. Mm-hmm. So that would be ideal. Southern facing windows? Yes. Slap my titties. How does it? How does that figure? The south, southern facing. Yeah, why southern? Because it stays like you know how the sun rises the in east. the east, but then it shifts over and it spends the most time like. But doesn't um, it go straight over? Look, I don't know the science. Oh no, because the Earth like it it spins like kind of sideways. Yeah, so that's like you get the most amount of light, mm-hmm. especially like we live in the northern part of the world. So yeah, we already get less light yeah. than most people. So right. keep it southern. Keep it sexy. Keep it southern, baby. Maybe that should be the title of your podcast. Keep it southern, but it's not southern stuff. It's like no southern light. No, right, I'm trying to help you out, bro. We'll figure. I got it out. all the snappy names. If you don't want to come to me, figure it out yourself. Figure it out yourself. <laughs> I came up with the. Uh... Didn't I come up with Demiusito After Dark? Yeah, but you did it in like a demeaning way. No, no, like, it still counts. It. it still counts. Did you tell them the fucking what you want to dress me up as and Demi Sito after dark? Oh yeah, I want you, you to wear. You want, yeah, I want you to wear sunglasses yeah. and then I want you to wear the Puerto Rican, either the Puerto Rican beaded necklace with the flag. Yeah. Or the one with the, like the little boy with the the little backwards hat. Yeah. With the backwards hat. Why do you want me? Why do you want me to look? Cause I think it's funny. Why do you want and me because to look... you're saying Damiancito, which is definitely like Spanish. But why do you want me to look like a 50-year-old Puerto Rican man at the Puerto Rican Day Parade? Cause I think it's funny. Like, you want me to dress like I'm a dude that has like a snake on my shoulders in the summer. We can get you a snake. Alright, we'll see. But anyway. I like your I like your I like that you got into plants. I don't know if I would define it as a collection. But there's because... people that do collect plants though. I like, know, but because I'm to not, me, but like you know, when I see you, a rare plant, I'm like, I want that shit. Because you can't tame nature. And that's what you're trying to do. You have hubris. That's what the ancient Greeks called it. I don't have You're trying to tame nature. I, I think it's a collecting thing. Because people assign value to plants. There are plants that... And it goes up and down. Like, based on A, availability, but also people, what people w- are willing to pay for them. It's like, 
you know, quickly, but because we're trying to wrap things up. No, but, we're not trying to wrap things up. This is going to go as long as possible. Um, During the height of the pandemic, people mm. all of a sudden were really into Philodendron pink princess yeah. princesses. And for some reason, the price hiked up into the hundred for small cuttings. Small well, do you think that was because people... Of a plant yeah. that can be very pink, but has a tendency to revert back to basic green. Yeah. People lost their fucking minds and were paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And that's not even the top of the iceberg. Like, they're the tip of the iceberg, sorry. There are plants that go for the thousands, right? Because people mm. want to collect rare plants. Now, all of a sudden, things are getting better. The pandemic's getting better. There's uh, a lot of people now are, pla- are, are planting more. Uh, sorry. Um, Nurseries like, are having more of them, and they're doing yeah. tissue culture of the plants. So now they're fucking available everywhere. You get that shit for under a hundred dollars. I bought one for under a hundred dollars, and it was also half off the day that I bought it. And she's beautiful and thriving and pink. It's good. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it goes through all the ebbs and flows that other collections go through. It just happens to be a living thing, which is problematic because again, that living thing can die mm-hmm. in your care. It's not like buying a piece of art. So for me. While I do collect plants, I have spent a lot of money on plants, and I, I, I like to buy some things that are rare. I try to get good deals. I know that it's sort of like throwing money away. <laughs> because, no, because because this plant right because here, this plant is just art, old as me right here. No, yeah, and I, I would love right next to us, which you can't see, but to the right of us in our very professional recording room. We have some of Damien's mom's plants, and they're beautiful and glorious. Our, our professional recording room with the tallest ceilings imaginable. Yeah, um, and they're older plants, and I want to have that. I want to be like six in my sixties and be like, yeah, I've had that plant. My mom has have, in my twenties. Ha, my mom has plants that have are like twenty five. No, years and old. that's amazing. But the what I'm saying is that like a plant can die, mm-hmm. and yeah, physical cards like we've discussed earlier, toys can be destroyed, can break, can whatever, but. You can't, like what you said, same nature. You can't, like, control a living thing. There can be plants that you take care of really well, and then they could just fucking decide, I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. You know? Plants suicide. So there is more value in buying comic books or toys or postcards or art, and that's worth spending the big bucks on. I know that I'm sort of, like, throwing away my money. Well, no. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, with anything that you collect or that anybody collects, I think you should get into it because it resonates with you and you love it. Making money off of stuff is cool. And I think that maybe that has its place as well. But anything that you, like, you collect and want to be around, I think it should have some type of like emotional meaning to you and like why you no, like I it. No, I agree. So you're do it, you do it for the right reason. Because you like it and you love it and the plants are beautiful. They brighten up your the space in your apartment. I feel that your apartment looks like a completely brand new beautiful exotic oasis to be in ever since you started doing <laughs> ever since you started thank doing you. your plant business thank you and like i could potentially make money off of plants because i could create cuttings of it sell those off but like again as the history is with all of my collections that doesn't interest me at all like i collect for me mm-hmm. whatever pleases my eye whatever you know tickles my pickle like I just want it in my house. I want to own it. I want to be a completionist and say I, I have them all. Or I just want to be like, I tried the philodendrons and I tried this and I tried that and I owned it, even if it was for a brief period of time. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anybody else. And maybe that's like the only child in me. I don't give a fuck about nobody else. Yeah. I don't care what 
you know, Mary Sue has in her house. I don't care if anybody else wants to buy it from me. Chances are, I'm not going to sell it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, well, maybe. But <laughs> I just, like, my collections, my hobbies, maybe because I'm the only child, center around me. Like, they don't involve anybody else. Somebody yeah, the other yeah. day, my beautiful, kind uh, plant lady, uh, she owns a plant store called Plant Corner NYC in Harlem. She's an amazing, nice girl. Mm-hmm. We were talking. She was like, oh, you should join this plant group. They meet every Sunday. They go to different plant shops together. And I was like, fuck no. Yeah. I want to interact with nobody. Right. You immediately started making the golem noise from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't want, like, all my hobbies just, like, exist to be mine, and they're not a social thing. Pokemon cards were, because that's just the times we had, but everything else has just been a me, myself, and I situation. I feel like that's a lot of what, like, having collections or, like, amassing stuff is. It is, like, a weird introverted activity. It is, like, a, it's, like, your own little world that you kind of go into with these things. Yeah. That, for whatever reason, these, like, touching, handling, being around... Certain things just sort of like transports you to like this weird like internal landscape, which yeah. I guess is like therapeutic for people, you know. And it's it is. I mean, you're however you are, like you like things to be more to yourself. But um, I think it's interesting that it's one of those things that has the potential to be both introverted and, and extroverted. Yeah, you know? I mean, I love giving people a plant tour. Nobody comes to my house, but if you do, if you came to my house tomorrow, hey, there'd be a plant tour. Welcome. <laughs> I'd show you every single plant. This and watch as your eyes glaze over. Yeah. Why do plants all have insane names? I don't know. This is the Brazilian golden midget. This is the most rare flower. You see this one? It has shades of of white. And that's why we called it the golden midget. <laughs> this I one don't right know. here? I don't know what. Like, sometimes plants are named after the person who identified them. In, like, mm-hmm. uh, or like, Bro Marx, for instance. Yeah. But... Um, sometimes it's just like silly nonsense. There's a plant that, and then we can like stop, but there's a plant, there's a philodendron and it's called like six, nine, eight, nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's called that is because it came in an order. Nobody knew what the fuck it was. It doesn't look like any of the other plants in the order. And the item was just like, the item number was six, nine, eight, nine. And then the person decided they were going to like recruit, like, uh, make propagations, mm-hmm. grow the plant professionally. And now that plant is just known as, like, Philodendron 6989, whatever. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it is fucking weird. It's stupid. Would that be a good horror movie where it's, like, they're actually maybe, like, an alien plant? Like, some type of, like, little shop horror shit? Nobody knows where it came from. Like, what is this in this this shipment? Like, what? Well, don't give away our movie ideas. And then it turns out to be, like, some type of weird little shop of horror mixed with the I would do a podcast where I just, like, now that we're talking about this, Mm -hmm. I would do a podcast where I just, like, redo movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what if instead of this happening in this movie, this is what happened? Like, when I like yeah. decided that Candyman should be about cults and not so much about like actual Candyman being like a ghost. But, and well, that's the Candyman remake. Yeah. I always do that. I was like, oh, I, or I always guess the endings of movies. Like, I guess the end of the Nightmare Alley. Yeah. But that's also But that's also because I'm a movie nerd. Yeah. I, I, at one point, I thought I was going to be a movie maker and I studied film. Ha! <laughs> oh! What a stupid person I was. Word. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I told you you should take that class in the Bronx. 
<laughs> You're talking about movies, Candyman. I know, I know, I know. You want to recap all this weird shit you've told me off camera? I want to remake Candyman, but everybody's white. That's literally what you told me. I didn't That's say that. That's literally what you said. I didn't say that. You're such a liar. Oh, my God. We're going to get in so much trouble. we got to end this podcast. Collections are cool. Oh, wait. Last question before we end the podcast. Oh, what? Yeah. Last question. What is this? All right. You didn't tell me about this. Every, no, yeah, I did. I did. Oh, All right. Okay. So, yeah. everybody collects things. Some things might be weird to some, amazing to others. Yeah. If you were not dating me, <laughs> and you were going to this uh, person's house, or even if it was a friend situation, you go into their house, and they, you open up the door, and yeah. their collection is on the walls, what collection would raise red flags? Because, so like, we this have... Is weird... anybody or this is, like, a date? I like, mean, like, um... I guess a friend or, like, a... It's a, different. A possible, I think if a you're possible to... intimate relationship. Because if you're trying to have sex with somebody, I feel like you'll put up with a lot more. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Jackie. I'm sorry. No. Why are you lying about human nature? You want me to say mine first or you want to go first? You go first. All right. If I walked into a man's they house... Have, you know for a fact they have an 11-inch penis. And it's the most... I don't care. Oscar, you walk into Oscar Isaac's house... <laughs> Excuse me. And you know Oscar Isaac has an eleven inch penis. That's too real. And you walk in. What does he what does he have on the walls that you're like, I'm sorry, Oscar. If he has okay, no, I'm sorry. I don't care if it's even if it's Oscar Isaac. Okay. If I walk in to his house mm-hmm. and his walls are just lined with like porcelain baby dolls or anything like that. Like that fucking movie Dead Silence or anything like mm-hmm. Marion. But that's just because you don't and, like that one particular thing yeah, though. But I think it's also fucking weird that Oscar Isaac would have that in his house. Or any male. It's really if, into fucking they, porcelain dolls. Ex- you know what I think that it, it you can't include that is they have some type of like sentimental backstory. No, I don't Like care. if Oscar Isaac you're like, Oh my god, bro, what the fuck is going on with those baby dolls? And he like he sheds a single tear and he's like <laughs> I don't care. And he was like I've seen him understand. cry a thousand times. And you're like movies. no and he was like <laughs> Back in, back in Chile, my abuelita was the best doll maker in all of in all of Chile, in San San, San, San Pietro Pedre, Chile, and every little baby doll is like a little. He turned Irish. Did you hear? I know. Every single little baby doll was like a little piece of my grandmother. It was a piece. It was a little piece of my nan. I would still say no. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with this like weird fascination with like baby dolls, sex dolls. Let me think. Mannequins, mm-hmm. like sex no, dolls. Thank is, you. I mean, sex dolls is weird. Yeah. We're like, yeah, but I'm saying like that's just me. Like, I understand that everybody has their interests mm-hmm. and you know whatever speaks to their hearts, as we've discussed. But I just can't do it. That's yeah. where I draw the line. Some people are like, nah. If this motherfucker See, has like eight thousand trains. Running in circles around his apartment. I can't do it if I'm like fucking him and I hear yeah. choo choo all the day. No, thank you. Chicka, 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 chicka. And it like starts to like go in line with the movements oh, yeah, happening like people, in the bedroom. Like people put on R. Kelly. Like, like he, he nuts he when he on, hears like the. He puts on train soundtrack. Yeah. He puts on the sound of trains. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I could deal with that. But like top know. of my list is dolls because I just don't like them. Dolls. I don't know. It would have to be gross or super off putting. Maybe if it was something where like maybe if she if she collected taxidermy things, I think that'd be like no, I can't. Like do animals that. or like yeah. other stuff. No, no, people no, like, who like collect like no, gnarly like, like shit. Like taxidermy animals. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like that's that's weird. Probably that. Hmm. But then what are you gonna do? Try to smash, try to smash. <laughs> the moral of the story. 
I close I close my eyes and I think of England, as they say. England? You ever heard of that? No. That's what they say. You ever heard of that? No. I used to say that oh back in... Oh my god, in, I think back, I'm feeling, like, delirious. Back in, I don't, I'm fucking hungry. Back in wartime, when, like, everybody's getting murdered and, like, you know, uh, like, all England was getting bombed and they were trying to get people to have kids, and, like, people were married, people that they didn't love, that they weren't sexually attracted to... They would say, well, just close your eyes and think of England because it's like you're repopulating England. You're doing a, a service. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Oscar Isaac. I love you. Mm-hmm. Mostly when you have your beard, not so much without it. Yeah. And if you had nothing but porcelain dolls lining the walls of your house, we would not be smashing that day. Yeah. So. Did you see the picture of that girl that collected condoms from everybody that she had sex with? No, thank you. Did you see that picture? I don't see it. It's disgusting. Google it. Google it, people I'll send out it to there. You. No, thank you. She literally had the condoms like tied off, and she would hang them on her uh, on her wall. Why didn't you fucking say that? What? You said taxidermy animals, but you didn't think to say, "Oh, I wouldn't want." You know to what? Because that's too cartoonish. That's too cartoonish. <laughs> I feel like that's this one bitch that's like weird, and that's like. Because can you imagine the smell too? Ah. That's gross. Ah. Okay, with that, I think we need to end this podcast. Yeah. Happy collecting, people. Do what's in your heart. Yeah, and if you have a really cool collection that you'd like to share, hit us up. Send us stuff on Instagram. Yeah, please. What is the weirdest collection you know of? We want to know about it, too. Or what do you collect? Yeah. What makes your heart happy? What tickles your pickle? Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right, yeah, and don't forget to hit us up on Instagram at TrashbinKids. Um, we also have an email, trashbinkids at gmail.com if you want to like tell us about your collections. Tell us spooky stories, but you're still sub- accepting spooky stories, no, 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 alien no. stories. Spooky stories can go fuck themselves. That, the time for that is past. Nobody believes in aliens, nobody believes in ghosts. Send us mail. You guys are boring. Send us mail. Send us mail. You can reach me. No, no, no. I mean, do what you gotta do is what I That's <laughs> what Aleister Crowley said. Do what's thou'st will. <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at Damon Rivera and Twitter at the Damon Rivera. Yeah, and the soon to be called Damioncito after dark. <laughs> we need to do. I don't know if that. that podcast... But yeah, no. To follow Damon because he does all the arts for all of Trashman Kids, everything, and he features his own art and he sells some stuff. And he was also featured in an interview, so you should watch that. Oh yeah, I did an interview with the Cat Blouch art. Yes. Blauk, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name. Cat Blauk. That's okay. Um, so if you go to my Instagram page, it'll link you to the interview. She's a really good artist. I did an interview with her. She does it. Yeah, he draws series. a bunch of stuff live. Yep. And they talk about arts and parts. So yep, that's the newest thing. Woo. So thank you everybody for tuning in. And as always, we love you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.